And he revealed to me in just in a moment, God, God sh- is able to show us in a moment something that it takes us as much time as I'm taking now to explain. And he showed this to me in a moment, and, and, he, and he gave me the, the, the number, the number 129. And I said, well, okay, uh, I, I don't know why that number is, is significant. But he's saying, look, it's simply a matter of training the people to share Jesus and training them to, to know how to pray with people and to bring other people into the kingdom of God. And I thought of that, and I said, 129 souls this year through simply your efforts when you learn just some simple things about sharing Jesus and being willing to pray with people to come to Christ. Uh, you know, I don't know what all that t- uh, 2014 will hold, but it will hold life change for 129 people that you'll touch this year. You'll touch this year. Now, they may not end up staying in this community, but, you know, the kingdom of God is way bigger than just this place right here. Amen? Do you know that? <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed that some churches don't get that, that some people don't understand that, but the kingdom of God is way bigger than we are, and I'm thankful for that because we don't have enough seats for them all. Okay? We just don't. The truth is no one here in this town has enough seats. But let's practice. Let's, let's, get, let's get busy on filling the ones we do have and can. Um, it's good to be in the house of the Lord to, to, today, and let me find my sermon. I know it's here somewhere, um, and it's, I, I'm starting a new series on the promises of God, and uh, today uh, we're just talking about great expectation and what does our future hold, and I thought about promises and what a promise is, and um, you know, it's kind of like a vow. Uh, when we assure somebody that we're going to either do something, we're going we're gonna to come through. Maybe it's a pledge uh, to provide something or to, or, or, or to go somewhere. Um, and most of us in our lifetime, we've made some promises, haven't we? We've made some promises, and uh, we've been on the receiving end. People have promised us things, haven't they? Okay. And... Uh, do you know what it's like to, to break a promise? Most of us do, right? Yeah, typically, if you, if you break a promise, I was telling my wife on the way, to, way to, to church this morning, I said, you know, the older I get, the more careful I am about the promises that I make. Yeah? Because I don't like to break promises. Circumstances arise sometimes. I forget Promises are important because they're, they're, they're usually the kind of things that it's, a, it's, a, it's something that we offer someone that gives them hope, isn't it? Now, it's a, a, it, it, and I, I don't want to be trite, but it's important to a child that when you promise them something like, here it is January and they're so cold and da-da-da, and you say, well, this summer we're going to Disney World. And then you promptly forget about that. But they, 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 they go to their room and mentally put a nail in the wall. So this summer, this summer. And, and we break those promises, and it's, un, and it's unfortunate that we do. We have good intentions. 
our good intentions sometimes get us into deep water, don't they? We write checks, so to speak, emotional checks that we can't cash or, the, or, or ultimately don't really intend to cash. Sometimes our promises are made without adequate forethought. Perhaps we make them a little glibly or in arrogance. We can do that. We can take care of that. Or maybe it's our overwhelming desire to save people and to make things okay for somebody who's hurting. Ever been in that boat? I have. Yeah? Just feeling so, uh, just so uh, compassionate towards someone who's in pain that, you know, I, I, we can do this and we can do that and only to find out that the cost of doing that is really, really a, a higher price than I ever expected to pay or ever really wanted to pay. But at the moment, I just wanted to, in a sense, uh, be a savior. You ever been there? Sure, nobody's raising their hands today, right? <laughs> but we're not all that different, are we, when it comes to these things? We want to help. We want to save. We want to take care of things. And sometimes in the midst of that, we make promises that we can't or, or, or don't keep. But God's different, isn't he? God doesn't have a supply problem. God doesn't have a resource problem. God doesn't have a knowledge problem or a forgetfulness problem. And so when he makes a promise to us, it's a good promise. If you, see, if you saw the logo, and, and I, you might have a hard time seeing it, I promise, that little stamp there. Do, do you know what that's like? A, it's like a wax seal. And right there, there's a, a lion and it's I am. When God makes a promise, it's forever. Yeah? He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Yeah? Yeah? So when God, and so as we, we step into the new year, why not explore? Hey, here we are, two, 2014, and, and I'm looking at live people right now. And when I say I'm looking at live people um, and that this is not a funeral, I'm looking at people who have tomorrow, who probably have tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And most of you will be here in 2015. So what will we do with 2014? And when, we, when I think of that, I think about what a better way than to acknowledge that God is with us. To acknowledge that not only is God with us, but that he has a plan for us and that he has provided for us some promises that if we're just willing to take, take it, we need to know about these things first. And we need to apply them correctly in our lives. Amen? Amen. I know that that's easy to say. Living is sometimes challenging. You know, it's easy to say one thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's sometimes a little harder to do it. But it's important for us to know, it's important for you to know that God knows who you are and has promised some things that are powerful. And if you take advantage of, of them this year, they will change your life. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So why not begin 2014 recounting the promises and the faithfulness of God in such a way that, I, that, that we can look and say, you know what? 
I don't have to live in 2014 like I lived in 2013. God has made a provision for me. And I can live in that provision of His promises. Does that make sense to you? You know, many times, and when we talk about this in terms of the gift of salvation, um, the gift of salvation is free, right? The Scripture says, anyone who wills, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's not, that's for anyone. Yet there are people who walk the streets today who don't know that that gift is there for them, waiting for them. All they have to do is just a very simple thing of praying and accepting that gift. It's possible. Is it possible to go through life? I I know a lady, love her. I know this lady. And she had finished college, but she didn't know it. It was there waiting for her for 10, 12, 13 years. The degree, the diploma. There are a lot of things like that. There are people who love you and you don't even know it. And they're just waiting to shower you with care. There are a lot of things in this world like that. God, God has promises for us. God has promises for us. That all we have to do is go after them, proclaim them, know about them, and enjoy them. Now, let me let me just go through a few, uh, just a few uh, that 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 we may be touching on. Uh, first of all, I recognize that there is a difference between us and God. Romans tells us the difference is let God be found true. Though every man be found a liar, that, and it's written that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. Here are some of the promises of God for you and for me. In 2 Peter the, the, the chapter 1, verse 4, he says, For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Of the divine nature. You mean we can enjoy and you might say partake and and, uh, bring into ourselves something of God? The divine nature. Now, many of us don't understand that except that once you you give yourself to Christ and, and He plants the seed of the Holy Spirit in you, that's the divine nature. All of a sudden, you find yourself a little different, a little changed from the inside out. The, thing that be, uh, the things that begin to compel you, sometimes we recognize it in a kind of a negative way. We, we begin to feel bad when we say some of the things that we say. Evidence that God is in there and He's saying, Oh no, now that, you're, now, that, now that I live within you, you can't talk like that. You can't have attitudes like you are partaking in the divine nature through Christ. That when you, co- when you come to Him, the Holy Spirit comes in, the divine nature. And, it, and it's not just about, about having a, 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 a dash on your forehead. It's about having the living God within you and directing you and changing you if you'll listen to Him. You become, that's one of the promises of God is that you would be able to partake and enjoy and live in part of the divine nature of God. I mean, isn't that powerful? 
yet we take it for granted. In Matthew, in the 11th chapter, verses 28 and 29, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I don't know what kind of a week you've had. You may be pressed down and shaken uh, to the bottom, and you're wondering how you're going to make it through the next week. He says, come to me, and I'll give you rest. See? There's a promise of rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble. Humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. In Isaiah, the 40th chapter, it was a promise. It says, He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with with wings like eagles, they will run and not get tired, and they will walk and not become weary. I'll tell you the truth. When... And, and I'm just sharing this with you because I'm kind of up and down with all of these things. I'm, I'm like you. I, I wrestle with stuff. When I am spot on, I say spot on, that I am spending the, the time that I need praying, okay? When I'm giving my time to God and I'm, I'm enjoying His presence, it's amazing how much I can get done. It's amazing how much that I don't get tired. That I can keep going and it just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing. Yea, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He, uh, they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. The Philippians chapter 4, I love this, this passage. It says uh, in verse 19, he says, My God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Romans, the eighth chapter, verses 37 and 39, he says, But all these things we overwhelmingly, in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay? What's, what's that promise about? That's, that's a promise from God that you're secure in Him. Okay? That the enemy can't come and, and just take things away from you. That the angels can't come and take things away from you. That you are secure in the love of God. Okay? You, you say, well, I'm, I'm just, well, you don't know me, pa- Pastor. I make mistakes. God knows you, and he's made this statement. He's made this statement. So this is a good promise. In Proverbs, the first the chapter, verse 33, it says, But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. That's a good promise. Okay? In in in. In John 14, the 27th chapter, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I love this passage of Scripture. My peace I I give to you, not as the world gives to you do I give it to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be fearful. God gives us his peace. Makes it available to us. In Romans, the 10th chapter, he says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be saved. You want to be saved? There it is. There it is. 
in Romans 6, 23, it says, For the wages of, of, of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Another, another promise. Another promise. Now, I just wanted to share some of these and, and before I got to the, to the focus of, 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 the, of, the, of the service and the sermon. Um, Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. I like this, this chapter, and I like the promise that's in there. But uh, we may take a twist on this that you, you're not, that, that, that you don't anticipate, okay? Jeremiah. Now, these are the words of the letter which Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the rest of the elders of the exile, the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah Jeconiah, and and the queen mother and the court officials and the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. They had been taken away into captivity, all right? The letter was sent by the hand of Elisha, the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, uh, whom Zedekiah, the king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar. Lots of ayahs there. <laughs> Thus says the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build your houses, live in them, plant gardens, and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers and the sons and the daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in it your is for in it for in its welfare you will have welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you and do not listen to the dreams by which they dream. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you. And fulfill my good word to you and bring you back to this place. For I know, this is the passage that a lot of people know. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come to me and pray. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place where I have sent you into exile. Now, that was not a promise for you and for me. Oh. <laughs> Let's get contextual. Let's look at what the Scripture says. This was during the time... Now, there were four exiles, four exiles. In other words, if you, if you read through the Old Testament, you'll find that some of those kings were dirty buzzards. They were. I mean, to the point, and, and at, at the lowest point, the, the kingdoms were divided. The northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, they were divided. They couldn't get along. Talk about church splits. This was a national split. And, this, and the northern kingdom, they got so wicked 
that they were offering up their children in fire and having crazy, crazy uh, orgies around this, 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 cra- this, 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 whatever it was. See, and God put up with this for a while. God put up with it for a while, and then he began to punish. And it was a series of, of he would send the Assyrians down, send the Babylonians down, and they would, they, they would war against Israel and take a group of them out. And then they set up a, their own king. I mean, if you read through this, you see this little cycle. It wasn't working. They still wouldn't turn to God. Sometimes God will slap us around in a, in a sense of the word. He will punish us to get our attention. Does that make sense? Our parents did the same thing. They loved us. Most of them did. And, they're, they're, you know, when they, when they uh, you know, I remember grabbing my daughter, Connie. She walked by me. She was being mean to her little sister. Really? It was like, you know, I remember, and I was angry. They said, don't strike me. I don't know how to not to do this in anger. I was angry because I didn't like that. And she just kind of, I said something to her, and she tries to escape. <laughs> she walks past my, my chair like she was going to leave the room. She got too close. <laughs> because in one motion, I reached out. She was still small enough I could do it. I grabbed her by the arm put her over my, 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 my lap and went pow, 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 and then put her back on her feet like that. I mean, tears were a delayed process. I was just like, <laughs> it just happened so quickly. God does that to us to get our attention. I love Connie with all of my heart, but I didn't love what she was doing. Yeah? No one likes punishment. I don't like punishment. But God punishes us because he loves us. And this is what he was doing to a whole nation. And here they were. When this prophecy took place, three of the four four, um, exiles had already taken place. And they were off in Babylon, different places like this. These Jews were there. And they had, they had their prophets. They were saying, hey, no, on, on one hand, the prophets and the teachers that were out there in Babylon, they were telling the people, says, no, this is not going to stand. We're going to go back to Israel. We're going to go back to Israel. And the people and the prophets that were still in Israel, because there were still some Jews there in Israel. They were saying, look, uh, recognize that, that the army's here, but it won't come to pass. And you talk about a, a, an unpopular prophet. Jeremiah was unpopular. He sent, the, he sent this word. He says, no, thus saith God, build your houses. He's talking to the people in Babylon. Build your houses. Marry off your daughters. Give your sons a marriage. Do, do, do life. Do life. Because in 70 years... I'm coming back. And he says, because I know, I, I know the plans that I have for you. They're good plans. <laughs> I don't know why 70 years. Seven is always a number of completion. Perhaps the, the 70 years was the, when, when, when in, in a sense that the punishment had found its completion, had done a complete work and had turned people around. 
And then because he says this, he says, I know the plans I have. If you will seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Now, was that, was, I mean, you know, okay. Can I say that that, that, that promise was those, for those people right there? I know we, we, we quote that. Sometimes we quote it wrongly. But let me step back and, and kind of save us from this because you're thinking, oh, pastor, I like that passage. I always just claiming that. But, but know this. To be honest with the Scripture, you've got to be honest with the Scripture. The Israelites were in a tough place, and this was God's word to them in that time and in that place. Does that make sense? But let's step back and talk about the timeless principles. Say. Because what we find, what we find is that God does the same things over and over and over. In other words, He doesn't change. When He says He loves you, it is with an everlasting love. That's what He says. When He punishes, it's always to restore His people. So in some respects, in many respects, this was a a timed piece of literature. This was a prophecy that had its place and its time. But in principle, we see a God who always has a good plan for his people. See? When I turned my little girl over my lap and and gave her, my plan was a good plan. Was that she would learn to respect and love her sister, and that she wouldn't live and live as a knucklehead <laughs> in 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 rebellion to her father, that she would have a softer heart, that she would be a person of compassion. Do you know that? Do you understand how a spanking might even do that? Glory to God. Here we are. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not calamity. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search with me with all of your heart. I will be found of you, and I will restore your fortunes. What are his plans for you in 2014? I say God has good plans for you. Everything I see in Scripture, that God has a good plan for you and for me. We're the ones kind of mess it up. You understand, you understand what I mean by that? And there are these timeless principles that if we live according to them. Now, now, guys, for most of us, I mean, we're saved. We're saved. We've given our hearts to Christ. We have acknowledged Him as Savior. We've acknowledged Him as the Son of God. And, and we believe in our hearts that He's... And, and we're partaking of the heavenly gift of, 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 of His divine nature, the Holy Spirit in us. 
Yet I look in the Scriptures, there are things that we mess up all the time. And the blessings of God, can I say the promises of God are always, almost always attached to some some response on our part. You know, God can do all these wonderful things. One thing He can't do and won't do is make us do the right things. He will call us. He will pull us. He will send His Holy Spirit and the the, the compelling sense of His presence in our lives. Even at this moment, some of you are sitting here saying, there's something different about this place. It's not the pastor. It's God is in this place, and he can reach in your heart and begin to pull. And what, is, what he's saying is, come to me, all you who are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He's saying, come to me. You belong to me. I am here. I re- recognize my presence. Recognize that I know who you are. Come to me. I'll give you rest. I'll give you salvation. What are some of these other timeless principles? Some of the things that, like I said, the, the, the things that God wants us, wants for us, the promises that we'll talk about, and I'm going to talk about some promises, some of the promises of God tonight, are connected to some kind of response from us. Did you just notice this? He says, I know the plans I have for you. If you'll, if you'll seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. If you'll seek me. Is it possible that you could hear such a promise and simply negate and not and not 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 seek him? You could hear this promise and say, and I know that God has good things for me, but I'm going to go on to the backside of, of Egypt. I'm going to play my play. I'm going to live my life the way I want to, even though I now know and, and have knowledge that God has something for me. And if I would simply seek His face, I would he, he would hear my voice, and I would hear His voice, and those things would begin to, to take place in my life. Does that make sense? How many times do I need to say, maybe I need to say it again and again. Today is your day. This is your moment in time. This is your year. This is your time right now. To be and to live and to do and enjoy what God has for, uh, what He has made uh, available to you and to me for all generations let me read this passage of Scripture. I love this, and this is how I'm going to finish up. And this is, this is the connection. John, the 15th chapter. I didn't give that to you. Abide in me, Jesus says to his disciples. And he, and he says to us, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. He bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them, and they cast them in the fire. They're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. The promises of God are always attached to, could I say, This shouldn't be a surprise. Our relationship with Him. Our relationship with Him. Our connection with Him. 
our love of him, our, the prayers that we spend, uh, the worship. Now, so Wednesday night, I, I gave you five things. I've, you know, I've been here 14 years, and I only have so many messages. The truth is, there are only so many messages, and you'll hear that there are things that God wants, in, that, that God has put into our lives, that if we just simply connect with them, we'll find his presence, we'll find his, his joy, we'll find his, the, the word of God. The word of God, it's worship. Word of God, worship, prayer, fellowship, ministry. These things that we, where we, in a sense, we rub up against God. We rub up against Him. We experience Him because we have walked into the circle where He is. I'm the vine, you're the branch. If you seek Him, you'll find Him. If you don't seek Him, you won't find Him. If you don't abide Him in Him, you can ask whatever you want and it won't happen. That makes sense. All I'm doing is flipping the Scripture there. Yet here God stands. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. What will your, your year hold? Will it be like last year? I hope not. If, I mean, if, if, if it was a great year, I hope so. But if it wasn't, you might say, an ideal year for you in Christ? I hope not. I hope this year is different. I hope that you can walk closer to Him. Experience His grace. Experience His love. Find yourself um, walking in compassion and love and care and with the knowledge of His presence and His care for you. Yeah? In obedience. Having the things and the sins of the flesh broken by His presence, broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's, that's my prayer. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for you. 2014 would be different because you have walked with God. You have chosen to to step inside His circle. And in those things you can find that He who waits upon the Lord shall renew His strength. And He shall mount up with wings of eagles. He will uh, run and not grow weary. He'll walk and not faint. However that, that is. And to recognize from the foundations of the earth, before Jeremiah spoke what was recorded in the 29th chapter, God's plan for you, God's plan for all of humanity, God's plan for you was a good plan. And still is a good plan. Life is good. Life is good. The relationships that we form are good could be good. How many of us know a week and a half after Christmas that stuff doesn't satisfy? My wife got me some new batteries for my 19.2 Craftsman drill, right? I needed them. But they did but but that didn't ascend to any 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 kind of like level of 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 a spiritual peace 
It's not about stuff. Not about gathering of more, even though we do that. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give to you. That doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from the world's things. It comes from Jesus. It comes from Jesus. And he says, come to me if you're, if you're, if you're hurting. Come to me if you're, if, you're, if you're in need of rest. Come to me if, if nothing else is working. Come to me and I will give you rest. I'll give you peace. I'll give you salvation. You will sup with me. We'll have, we'll have dinner together. Be spiritual. Be powerful. I will let you partake and enjoy of God's nature inside. As strange as that may sound. Stand with me, folks. And if that's you this morning, God's speaking to you this morning, come to this altar. If you've, if you've come, if, if you've never given your heart to Christ, or it's been a long time since you've given your heart to Christ, come and pray with me right here in the front, in the middle. Other people can come around these altars and say, God, 2014, I want to be different. I want to be different. Okay? You be courageous. It's not even 12. Be courageous. Be courageous. And let's have a little meeting with Jesus this morning.